Lousy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fly Sweet Podcast, partnered with RaiderRamble.com. Head on over to RaiderRamble.com for all your Raider needs. On today's episode, we got my friend Nick Cothrell filling in for Jose today. And with Nick, we're going to be talking about the Texans game, the trade deadline that's upcoming on Tuesday, the Bears game, and then doing a little preview of the Lions game that's coming up next week. First things first, Nick, I appreciate you coming on. Just wish it was uh, slightly better circumstances, but how are we doing? Not doing too bad, you know. The Raiders, they, I kind of gave them a good shot going into, into the game here. And first half, they looked pretty good, but at the end of the day, they couldn't get the job done. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it a little bit um, before we started recording. It's just like It felt like a step backwards towards last year, honestly. It was like... You know, I think back to like games like Miami last year where the offense played great, put up enough points. You know, obviously you would have liked them to finish that last drive, but at the end of the day, you can't get stops and you can't win. So, yeah, and I think a lot of the those penalties, yeah, some of it you can definitely blame the officials for, but just internal, you, I think a, they finished the game with about like ten penalties. I heard them uh, the broadcasters yep. say late in the fourth quarter, so Had close you know, to like hundred yards. Yeah, so I know the Raiders have had penalty issues in the past, but this season they've really kept those to minimal gain. And, you know, those, I think those was really what it came down to was that defense not getting stops at the end and then those penalties just killing them. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the Rishi Incognito one was huge um, on that last drive. But, you know, I, I do want to get some positivity going. You know, we just had the loss. We're recording this pretty quickly after the game. So I need to get those positive vibes up. The one thing I do want to talk about is Derek Carr. You know, last week, um, Jose and I, you know, we kind of ripped him last week for pretty much having two really bad plays and, you know, talked about how he needed to be the best player on the field and basically play mistake-free football. And I thought today was a good example of that. Unfortunately, it didn't result in the win. You know, the only real mistake I can see him that I can remember him making was the, um, I believe, I can't remember if it was the last drive or second to last one that was almost a pick stick pick six but you know luckily uh luckily got bailed out a little bit there but I felt like he played a good game you know we saw him take a few shots uh, early on didn't quite work out but I felt like Carr and the offense as a whole really played well today and really played efficiently you know a lot of took a lot of what the Texans defense was giving them great play design by uh, Gruden on that touchdown to Tyrell Williams and I love the play call um, on the touchdown to Derek Waller too so, I mean, I think offensively there's a lot of good things to take away. So I'm curious what you're taking away offensively um, from this game. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. I think uh, Carr played pretty well overall. You know, he uh, finished the game with uh, 285 yards, three touchdowns, yep. no interceptions. Like you said, he had that, that one play, um, I believe, in the fourth quarter there where I think it was uh, one of the Texans linebackers yeah. kind of almost picked him off in the flat there. But overall, he... He really he did what he could with what the Texans were, were given to him. Um, Darren Waller kind of, you know, he wasn't as involved as he has been. But, yeah. you know, got Renfro involved. Um, even, you know, Zay Jones, good to see him. Yeah. And overall, they really played mistake-free on, on offense. Yeah, I so. mean, it wasn't the biggest game from Waller by any standpoint. But 
I don't know, I felt like watching it that the Texans defense was not going to let Waller beat them. And then seeing things like uh, Renfro's 65-yard touchdown and watching, you know, other guys step up, I thought was huge. You know, I thought that's exactly what you want of, yeah, Waller's your first option, but teams are going to take that away. And then, like I said, Carr makes the adjustment. And, I mean, the offense looked like it didn't miss a beat, even with uh, Josh Josh Jacobs beat up and, you know, not – being quite as effective as we've seen in the past, you know, didn't practice all week. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good to take away from this game offensively. That's that's kind of the silver lining is, you know, I think it's huge to see what Gruden has been able to do as a play caller. And then like we we're talking about that progression from Carr. Yeah, you know, I mean, Waller's kind of starting to become known across the league. It almost yeah. looked that the Texans were going to use him and just he was going to be the focal point. We're not going to let Darren Waller beat us. You know, he had a couple catches, but yeah. um, he definitely looked like the guy that they were game that they were game planning for. Yeah, and I mean, he's not the best kept secret anymore. We do got to talk about a little bit of the bad, you know, and by a little bit of the bad, I mean pretty much the whole defense, except for my guy Benson Mayoa. Listed him as an X factor on Just Blog, baby. That's why you got to read every single week. But good call there. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. I'll puff out my chest on that one. <laughs> um, but no, I I mean, it's it's funny. Like, we keep hearing about Paul Gunther's system, his system. But so far, his system last year put up 13 sacks. So far, his system this year is giving up a shit ton of points. You know, I think I tweeted it out at some, at some point. You know, he's insistent on running zone coverage, zone coverage. And I thought where the Raiders were most vulnerable today was in zone coverage. Like, it's... It's getting infuriating at this point, the fact that we're hell-bent on running the system and we're not getting any fucking results. I, I agree. When And I don't know if it's just Gunther's defense or what, but as you see, especially even uh, going back to last week, the last two weeks when they're running primarily in zone coverage, they're just getting picked apart. Now, it also kind of comes down to when you play good quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, usually they find the soft spots in the zone. But overall, I have not been impressed with uh, Paul Gunther's his system whatsoever. Like, like you mentioned, the the production from sacks and and just even the coverage. Because I mean, the defense couldn't couldn't find any stops. Yeah, they they were able to keep the Texans to two field goals uh, before the or um, one in the first half and one in the second half there. But overall, hey, Gunther's defense is really kind of fa- falling apart here and. Kind of the weak link overall for the Raiders roster. Yeah, and I mean, I think the frustrating part for me is it feels like the team's making decisions based on his defense. You know, we go back to the draft. One of the mm-hmm. biggest things, the, or one of the biggest arguments for Farrell over Josh Allen, and I don't mean to pick on the guy, but unfortunately, you know, he's the easy one to pick on. Um, and the biggest reason for drafting Al, or drafting uh, Farrell over Allen was Paul Gunther's system. And it's like, I like stop telling me there's a defensive system when the <laughs> defensive system isn't working. Like I, I can't stress that enough. And it's just at some point you got to kind of look at Paul Gunther and say, you know, if we're going to keep trying to build around this guy's system, but we're not getting really any better, it, maybe it's time to move on. And then obviously that's a question for the off season, but it, it, yeah, it's totally. not looking good. I mean, even look at LaMarcus Joyner, who was supposed to be, you know, their highly touted free agent that they brought in, gave him a bunch of money in the offseason, and he's even been kind of a disappointment. Yeah. So, I mean, 
who knows? Is it is it the rate the style of defense the Raiders are running, or are they just missing on draft picks, missing on free agents? You know, it, I guess only time will tell. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point because there are plenty of players that are not meeting expectations. Lamarcus Joyner included. You know, Lamarcus Joyner is a guy that you got to feel like no matter what system he's in, if you're getting that much money, you got to produce, and he's not. And I mean, the other guy that comes to mind is our our good friend Arden Key with the Arden Key special in in a late game. I give him credit. Deshaun Watson is a hell of an athletic quarterback, but when you put together the season you did last year of not being able to bring down the quarterback, sorry, I'm not giving you that excuse anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's just Arden Key's resume. It just continues to happen. He's got he's got his hands on the quarterback, and the quarterback just sneaks through. Yeah, yeah. It's. It's at at this point. It's like I I don't know why you can think it'll get any better at this point. <laughs> it, it, honestly, I mean, any indication that uh, it'll be getting any better? Because I mean, they, they said he gained a bunch of weight. He looks the same to me. He's playing the same. So yeah. And I like I said, you know, Watson's an amazing athlete. He he gets out of sacks all the time. But it's just so ardent key for that to happen in a crucial moment and just kill the Raiders and I mean I know they're on the field at the same time in the same package but Benson Mayoa is basically taking Arden Key's role which is that third down pass rusher and killing it like I mean the guy hasn't started a game and he's got six sacks on the year like give that guy more playing time at this point I mean I know you keys the young guy that you want to develop but at some point it, it might be time to cut bait it, it's time's coming yeah in my opinion it's put up or shut up time for Key, that's for sure. All right, I want to move on a little bit. So we had the trading dead, trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. And of course, last week, uh, after we had recorded, they made the trade to trade Gary on Conley. So we never got a chance to comment on that. You know, I'm curious if, Nick, if uh, today's game at all changes your opinion on that trade. And what is your opinion on that trade? I think it was a great move. You know, he he really wasn't providing the Raiders with anything spectacular. I mean, if anything, he was kind of the liability. Like, uh, actually, the last time I was on here, um, I was saying how, you know, Worley's more of their their corner one, and he's flat out been the more dominant guy, whereas Conley's just kind of – he's been getting picked on. So why not get a third-round pick, you know, a mid-level – draft pick who, who who knows what that's going to be down the road but Conley wasn't helping the Raiders and yeah. I think after today you, I mean you even saw the Raiders attack <laughs> him quite a bit he came up with big play late but I I doesn't change my opinion on the trade there but even it seeing uh Trayvon Mullen he played pretty well you know yeah. he yeah. he got called for a hold early but I I didn't think he was horrible by any means um, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, as far as the Conley trade goes, you know, I was, I would say I agree with you. You know, it doesn't really sway my p- opinion either way. Uh, I like the trade when it happened. Like you said, it just seemed like Gary on Conley wasn't a scheme fit, <laughs> which yeah. hopefully doesn't burn them down the line. But at the end of the day, like you said, he just wasn't working out. This year was rough. And I mean, getting an extra third round pick, especially when you don't have a second, now you have three thirds. Maybe you move back up into the second with one with two of those. So I think it. I like the trade a lot. I think it'll help them a lot. You know, Mayock last year said the meat of the draft was in the hunt was in that. You know, I think he said like 
50 to 100 pick range and yeah now they've got yeah now now they've got four picks in that or three picks in that range so you know i like it a lot you did mention it and we should have brought this up when we were talking about the defense of yeah i thought trayvon mullen you know uh, maybe max crosby or benson mayo is the defensive mvp but i thought trend mullen Trayvon Mullen, you know, considering the circumstance going up against DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the best receivers in the league, you know, I thought he played a hell of a game. I was a little bit confused as to why they they pulled him. Luckily, it didn't uh, make a difference at all. But, you know, I thought he had played a hell of a game, hell of a starting debut. You know, he hadn't gotten a whole lot of reps, and the reps that he had gotten so far this season weren't great. And, I mean, just like how the Raiders were picking on Conley, the Texans were picking on Mullen, and Mullen was up for the task, you know, keeping everything in front of him. I think he had a couple pass breakups too, so hell of a game by Trayvon. And I think you're right, that does help out. It does make that trade look a little bit better for the Raiders. Yeah, and, you know, they also, um, like you said, he he kind of came out a little bit towards the end of the game there. I was kind of curious to what you thought um, Nevin Lawson did because he was kind of – um, at least during the preseason, he was kind of a liability. And towards the end of the game, it almost looked like he was kind of uh, playing in the role that Gary on Conley was in. So, like, yeah. what did you think? I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. In the preseason, I was ready to cut bait right away. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. rough. And he was another guy to me that, you know, I thought he played well a lot of times with corners. If you don't notice they're on the field, that means they're probably doing a pretty good job. And, yeah, exactly. you know. And other than the announcers pointing it out, you know, I didn't really, I didn't even really notice at first that they had pulled him. And I mean, I think he did pretty well, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't, the game wasn't lost by guys like Trayvon Mullen and uh, Nevin Lawson. It was lost in a lot of other ways. But yeah, I mean, those are two guys that you can definitely point to on the defense that were kind of the new faces that definitely had a, had a good showing today. All right, so I want to talk a little bit more about future trades. You know, the last week or so, there have been really three guys closely tied, one guy a little bit more loose um, to trade to the Raiders. Uh, The first being Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver out of the Jets. Then also on the Jets, Leonard Williams. And then Vic Beasley from the Falcons. And then there have been some rumors about Yannick and Gawkway from the Jags. So I'm curious, Nick, you know, out of those four guys, who would you want to see them trade? Want to see them stay away? What are your thoughts about either of those four? You know, I know it was reported that um, I think it was by Vic Tafer that the Raiders have done some calling around for um, Robbie Anderson. Now, I I even spoke my mind on Twitter saying how I think that yes, it's it would be nice to get a established wide receiver. You know the the wide receiver room has been pretty banged up and just tons of turnover. But I think the Raiders need to target more of a defensive player. You know, Max Crosby yeah. and Benson Mayoa have done a decent job, but they still don't have that pass rusher that mm-hmm. is affecting the game and just pressuring the quarterback at a consistent rate. So I think someone like Vic Beasley would be more of a, um, a better move long-term. Obviously, I know he's... He's going to be a free agent, so they would they would need to extend him. But I think they need to look more on the defensive side of the ball. And also to piggyback on the Jets there, Leonard Williams, for me, he's he's not really my taste. I, I, I was really big on him coming out of college, but since he's came into the league, I, I really haven't been too too fond of him. You know, I kind of I kind of look at him as 
like a Sammy Watkins type where he's still being valued based on what his projections were and, and how good he was in college. But since coming in the NFL, he really has just been your just your average player. So that's that's kind of what I think. You know, I mean, what direction do you think they should go? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I see what you're saying with Leonard Williams, where it is kind of like just a name on the back of the jersey kind of deal. You know, I think he's been a, like – an above average, a good pro, but certainly nothing to warrant. What was it? A, a sixth overall pick. And, you know, I think yeah. he's a, I mean, not that it's not that big of a deal at this point. Anyway, I think he's getting, he's like a $14 million cap hit this year. Like you said, there's the issue of extending him. Um, and I mean, that's kind of, that's going to be either you gamble and potentially, and potentially you risk losing him in the off season and you got a rental. So you gave up, picks that are future players for someone that played eight games for you, or you put Mm -hmm. blind faith into somebody and pour a bunch of money on him. And as Raider fans, we should know how that works out. Um, (laughs) But, you know, as far as the rest of the crew goes, um, you know, I would really like to see them stay away from a trade of Vic Vic Beasley or uh, Robbie Anderson with Vic for me, you know, ever since 2016, he hasn't really quite been the same. You know, he had those 15 sack year, a dramatic fall off ever since then. And I mean, you know, we were talking about it in the beginning of seam fits. Well, Vic Beasley is a three, four outside linebacker. He's not a put your hand in the dirt, you know, defensive end or four, three defensive end. So again, I'd be left scratching my head a little bit being like, why are we passing on guys in the draft for scheme yet trading for veteran players that don't fit the scheme? So that's what, that's why I am adamantly against the Vic Peasley trade. As far as Robbie Anderson, you know, I think this game kind of swung me towards no, just because Robbie is, to me, he's a number two where he's not going to be able to run a full route tree for you, but what he is is pretty damn fast, and he can definitely, uh, you know, get you on those go routes and those and those posts and whatnot, and that's something I think the Raiders have been missing for a long time. But, I mean, you go back and you look at the rest of the year, they traded for Trevor Davis, traded for Zay Jones. Both of those guys are going to be number two, number three options for you. And the Raiders' biggest problem right now is they don't have a number one, and I don't think Robbie Anderson really fills that role for them. He's still not the number one. And even when every, all, the, all the Raider fans on, on Twitter were all calling for Robbie Anderson, I mean, personally for me, I was like, let's see what Zay Jones does Plus Tyrell Williams, you know, hopefully that nagging foot injury will um, kind of go away and we can kind of get him on the field more. But, you know, you've already traded for, t- for two wide receivers. So and yeah. let's face it, Derek Carr has never been that that quarterback where he's just peppering the ball to the number one target. He's always been a guy to spread it around. So why not look look on the defensive side of the ball and bring someone there? Because that's ultimately the weak link. Which brings me to my point, which is I'm all for Yannick and Gakwe trade. You know, I think I was talking about it with uh, Jose last week where, you know, the guys that I are the edge rushers that I like in the draft and everybody seems to like are Chase Young and AJ Espenza. I don't think unless the Bears continue to slide like they have. I don't think those guys are going to be on the board when the Raiders are going to be picking because it looks like they're in they're in the mid-teens pick kind of kind of area. Mm-hmm. So I would absolutely love giving up, you know, maybe a first-round pick, not two, but maybe one of them for Yannick Ngakwe. You know, again, he's not necessarily a 4-3 ed- edge to rusher, 
but he is a young, good pass rusher that's had a proven track record. And like I said, I don't know if we should be married to the 4-3 scheme right now. Um, I like him a little bit better than Vic Beasley. Obviously, he's going to be expensive to extend. And I will say, you know, if they can't get an extension done or at least talk to his agent, then yeah, definitely stay away. But I would be all for a trade for Yannick. I, I really like the guy. You know, when the Jags drafted Josh Allen, I was kind of hoping he would uh, fall, find his way to the Raiders. You know, obviously they couldn't get an extension done. So the door is still open. But who knows what will happen at this point. But He's about the only guy right now that I would feel comfortable trading for that's on the trading market. Yeah, and I mean, it's also it's also kind of tricky, you know, like is Vic Beasley like what round is he going to what round is he going to um, is he worth a third round pick? Is he worth a fifth round pick? And then, like you said, like the, these defensive ends that are out there, they're both both their contracts are expiring. So it, yeah. it is a little, tricky, you know, do, do you want to do you want to sacrifice a mid round pick for someone that's. Uh, you know, a few month rental. I don't really, I don't really see the Raiders really needing to do that if, if they can't extend them. Because, let's face it, yeah, they might be able to fight their way into the playoffs, but they're by no means a Super Bowl contender, at least uh, up to this point. So, if they can talk to the agent and kind of see see where they fall there, then that kind of makes these moves a lot more intriguing. Yeah, but that's a big if. Yes, big at if. This, at this point. Yeah. I mean, I just have the feeling that as much as we'd like to see them make a move, as much as we'd like to see them make the playoffs in the last year in Oakland, that the smartest thing to do for this franchise is to hoard more picks. Maybe if you can trade somebody else that you're not going to need for the rest of the year to get more picks, that's the move you make. But like I said, other than Ngakwe, I'd like to see him stay quiet on Tuesday. A little Twitter topic for us. I keep seeing on on the old Twitter machine, Raider fans being very conflicted when it comes to the Bears versus the AFC West. So I'm curious, Nick, what's your thought on on those games? Are you you rooting for the Bears? Or you rooting for our rivals? You know, it's it's kind of a tricky tricky topic there because obviously, in order to in order to want the Raiders to do good, make the playoffs, keep moving forward, you always want the the opponents in the AFC West to do bad. However. Having the Bears pick, you know, let's say the Bears lose out. I mean, the yeah. odds are that's not going to happen. But, you know, Chase Young or mm-hmm. I, who, who knows? Who knows what yeah. that pick's going to turn into? That's awfully intriguing as well. So, personally, I was kind of looking at who, who the Chargers still play. They still play the Chiefs twice. They still play the Packers. They s- still play the Raiders, which typically we, you know, we, usually, usually we split so they're going to have a tough road. Odds are that Chargers probably aren't making the playoffs. So ultimately, I was kind of hoping the Bears would blow it. And I mean, Eddie Pinero, sure let's enough, go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure enough, they're, uh, they're kicking failures. Just continue on. I mean, that being a kicker in Chicago is not an easy job. No. Well, it's a, I feel like at this point, that's a can't do right because if you miss, everyone's going to talk about it. But yeah, but yeah, on the on the topic, I mean, I think it's without a doubt you got to root for the Bears. You know, the way I look at the division is the only time you care about the teams behind you or when you're in first place. Obviously, the Raiders aren't. The only game they should really be worried about the Bears winning in is when they play the Chiefs. Um, After that, I mean, I get rivalries and what that, but it makes no difference to you. And the more the Bears lose, the better it is for the Raiders' future. And sometimes that means your rivals winning. 
ultimately this is going to be a long process as Gruden broke everything down from <laughs> trade, you know, all these first rounders to accumulate more picks. He's building for the future and building for Vegas. So yeah, who knows? Exactly. All right, let's do a little transition to next week against the lions. Oh, I don't know what, what you think, Nick, but I feel like Raider fans are penciling this in as a win way too easily. You know, let's not forget that two weeks ago, the Lions were a couple bad calls away from being in first place in that division. And being in last place in the AFC NFC North isn't really that big of a deal. That's probably the best d- division in football. Now, I get the trade of Quandre Diggs and putting carry on Johnson on IR maybe makes it seem like they're punting the season. So that's where that, you know, optimism comes in. But ultimately, this is going to be a damn tough game. You know, it's going to be the first home game. Thank God. I'm curious what you think, Nick. You know, yeah, you know, I, I'm not writing it off by any means. The Lions, they like you said, they, they started off the season pretty 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 well. But, you know, as of late, they've been struggling. Obviously, the refs uh, <laughs> kind of screwed them <laughs> a little bit there. But, you know, who, who knows? I don't know how this trade's going to affect the locker room. I, I saw a couple – I'm trying to yeah. remember who it was. A couple of the players were pretty vocal on social media, not happy that they're trading off players. And then, like you said, on Johnson, one of their better – offensive guys um getting put on ir so i i'm not put i'm not putting this in the the win column for the raiders but at the same time i i definitely think this is a game the raiders can win but yeah. it's it's not gonna come easy yeah i mean it, it's gonna be a tough one i agree that absolutely they can win but who knows how much that trade really drives a, a wedge in that locker room but the bear or the lions have a damn good offense you know even without on Johnson, they have a pretty damn good receiving core, pretty good rookie tight end and uh, TJ Hawkinson. And I mean, they are not to be slept on. And I mean, as far as them folding it in and punting the season, well, they just kicked the shit out of the Giants today. So I don't know if that's uh, necessarily a legitimate thought at this point. I mean, they look pretty damn good today. It, it's it's going to be tough sledding for the Raiders moving forward. Yeah, I mean, who knows? This is going to be the first uh, home game in quite a while, so maybe maybe the Oakland fans can get into it, kind of give them that that home field advantage and get a win. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, I know our fans will show out. Hopefully, it'll uh, turn into some wins. Probably going to be one of the few remaining ones in the Collie. So, I know the Collie will show out. Just a matter of if the team on the field shows up. That's all we have for you guys this week. Nick, where can the good people find you? You can find me on Twitter at NickCothrell41 and then all my work done on JustBlogBaby.com. Awesome. And you guys can find me on Twitter at, at MHolder95. Follow the pod if you're not already at SweetFly. Gmail's up, FlySweetPod at gmail.com. Give us those five-star reviews wherever you listen. Other than that, until next week. Love.